The Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, episode 562. Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, let's get started. This month on The Unstoppable Entrepreneur, we are dedicated to bringing you a complete and comprehensive series of team takeover trainings because we are dedicated to helping you, our listeners, build a profit warrior 4X team. We know that you want to build, grow, and scale online, but you want to do it while maintaining your quality of life. And in order to do that, you need a dream team behind you that is able to sell market and serve for you. So this month, sit back, buckle up and enjoy multiple interviews coming at you behind the scenes as we pull back the curtain of Team Unstoppable. But one more thing before we go, we are providing you with a comprehensive three-part masterclass series on how you can build a self-led company and a profit warrior team. All you have to do is go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash masterclass to get started. Again, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash masterclass to get started. Hey everyone, Danielle here from Team Unstoppable and we are continuing in these interviews with other members of Team Unstoppable and we are here today with the OG, Stephanie. She (laughs) has been here since the very beginning. So Stephanie, first tell us about your role in the company and then a little bit about what you did before working with Kelly. Yeah, well, I will say this is extremely full circle because my first job ever in this company was podcast production. Um, And that was what, 2015, I think it was. And I remember we put out the podcast and we were like waiting for just this mass opening of like millions of people. And we were like, okay, we got 23 downloads. Like, okay, now what? (laughs) So it's very full circle. Um, But today my role is VP of sales and marketing. So I oversee both of the divisions, helping with campaigns on both sides. Um, And I'm also the head coach and the unstoppable entrepreneur. So right now I'm coaching Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I've been here for, I guess, five years now, which is really crazy to think about. But yeah, in that time, I've worn every hat. I've done every role in probably every division so far. And then really my career took off in the sales and marketing side of things. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about what you were doing before, because you joined kind of working with Kelly as an intern. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us a little bit about your experience before. And then I'd love for you to share a little bit about what attracted you to this, you know, in the first place. So, so funny. So I was a comm studies, communication studies and marketing major all through college. I had a radio show on campus. I was really into learning social media. Um, and I was head of one of the student organizations there as well. And I was kind of a person who like, I always was just doing about 18 things at a time. So at one point I was waitressing almost 25 hours per week. I was interning at a museum as an event planner. I was an event planner for communication association in Philadelphia as well. So it was one of those things where I was just always stacking things on top for better or for worse and was really, really interested in how do I take all the traditional marketing that I'm doing and go more so in the digital realm. And what's really interesting about that is back then we didn't have live video. A lot of the social media platforms were not nearly as big as they were now. So I think when I, when I go back to like that person, I'm always like, I don't know what exactly my expectations were when I just kept saying, I want to do digital marketing. I want to do digital marketing. But I just knew that it wasn't what I was doing there with all the events and things that I was doing. Um, And so actually a professor of mine had done some type of work with Kelly. And I mean, like I said, I was working like four jobs 
but she had come to me and said, you know, I worked with this woman, her name's Kelly Roach. She's local here in Westchester. Um, and she is looking to build her team and she wants a marketing person. And I think that could be you. She's like, I think you guys would hit it off. And I was like, okay, yeah. It was so bizarre because it was one of those things where I was like, I wanted something more, but I didn't really have a definition for it. I didn't know what that thing was. And I hadn't told anybody. It was just kind of like this internal feeling. And so I was like, I know nothing about this person. I mean, I didn't even realize there was a business address that I found on the website. I tried to drive to it for my interview, realizing it was just a mailbox. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally set up for success here, really. <laughs> um, but we hopped on the interview. I remember I did the interview from my car parked in a parking lot near that business mailbox address. Um, and we really hit it off. And I remember I hung up and I was like, is this the thing? Is this what I felt like I was looking for? And I was kind of like, I don't know, but I have to trust my gut. Mm -hmm. And I remember the rest of that day, I was like telling my friends, I called my mom, um, just telling everyone. I was like, this feels like something big. And I don't, I don't know what it is yet, but it mm -hmm. feels like it, you know? Yeah, that's amazing for, you know, someone being as young as you were to kind of have that insight. And I do think some of that, like you said, a lot of like digital marketing didn't really exist when yeah. you started. Like it's, it's like you knew what was coming. You didn't know exactly what, and this was just like the perfect path. So that's amazing. Um, and you still do a hundred million jobs. Like <laughs> I know it like hasn't changed. <laughs> like everything. Stephanie really like knows everything about everything. Um, but I do want to talk to you a little bit of like about what it's like to work for Kelly, because obviously like you've been here since the beginning. So we've, we've interviewed some people who, you know, have been here for a couple months, for six months, for a year. Um, you really, you started out in a Starbucks together. Mm -hmm. um, tell us sort of that progression and what that's been like over the years. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, and I'm trying to even think if there's like a succinct way to really describe it, but what I will say at the end of the day that I've really learned over the past five years, and it's been something that I always realized in the moment. And then when I reflect and look back, I'm like, yeah, that was the thing. But Kelly is the most consistent, driven, deeply connected to her purpose person I've ever met in my entire life. And it's been really kind of fun, especially over the past couple of years, really, as we've taken off and grown so rapidly I mean, we used to meet Friday mornings at the local Starbucks, no office space. Sometimes I'd go to her house, you know, it was very informal, but we would sit there and have our coffee and basically plan our world domination. And we would kind of map out all these things that we wanted to do. And it's so funny because even last summer I was moving and I found some of my old notebooks and I was just flipping through them. And I'm like, we talked about this in 2015 and we did it two years later, or we're doing it this year, or, oh my gosh, we've accomplished this thing we talked about in 2016. And so it's been really kind of fun for me. And I've my own learning as a leader and a manager is, you know, when you're so deeply connected to your mission and your purpose, it doesn't change. It's not, we wake up one day and it's different over here. And then the next day it's different over here. And, oh, we've changed our minds on this. Like, I always feel like she's superhuman because I'm like, there's so much in there that she knew so deep in her heart that we were going to do and we're doing it. So it's like always taking that time to pause and reflect. And I'm like, I don't know that I've met anybody else who just has that North star so clear and is actually taking steps to do that. And when it gets tough, we don't change course. We push through, we, you know, overcome and we learn along the way. So it's been, I mean, that's the biggest thing. People are like, is Kelly internally the same as what we see on the podcast, on a live video? And I'm like, yeah, she really is. There's no difference between who she is depending on where she is or who she's talking to. And that's really, really inspiring to see. Yeah. And I think as a leader, that's a lesson as well, because mm -hmm. it helps you to, you know, 
see the importance of digging down into what is your North Star and really having clarity on it. And maybe you don't always have the exact steps mapped out, like the exact mm -hmm. plan. Like there are things that are available every day to us that we didn't even know were a possibility, you know, three years ago. So the path isn't always perfectly lined up, but that North Star is always the guide. And that's such an important piece of leading an organization the size of, you know, Team Unstoppable is growing every day. Like it's becoming, it used to be you and, Steph, uh, you and Kelly in a Starbucks and now it's like, I don't know, yes. five. I don't know how many people. It's a lot of people. So we always joke when we have our in-person team meetings, which I'm hoping we can do again before the end of the year. We'll see. Um, but we always book in everybody into one of the hotels because everybody's traveling, whether that's driving or flying. And I'm like, guys, have we taken over this hotel? Like, do we just, do we own this now? Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I think we're close. I think we're close. We're close. <laughs> we're very close. <laughs> um, when you look at the magic and motivation of Team Unstoppable, that's something actually people comment on often. And you have seen this from so many angles. So um, what do you think really contributes to everyone staying so engaged, so motivated, so driven um, individually and as a company? Mm. I, I think one of the really magical things about our team right now is that everybody is very purpose-driven. And what's interesting is everybody, even coming in on day two, right, there's been some work before that, both on themselves, but also for professional reasons. Like, what do I want to accomplish? And sometimes it's not always 100% clear, but there's at least a direction that they want to go. And that's why it's like we always do vision boards. We have every new employee do those. We talk about them regularly. We present them at team meetings. Um, but one of the things that I think is really inspiring about the team is that everybody is so deeply connected to that because they've done the work to actually say, like, what do I want to create here? Why is this the thing for me? What vehicle is this job to my life and my goals? And so it's like you hop on a team meeting and it's like everybody is just, they're showing up and they're excited and it's so genuine and authentic that when one person's having a down day or a rough day, you know, there's like 20 some other people that are lifting you up. And it's so, again, it just feels very genuine and true. And it's like, even now, I mean, we work from home normally, but to get on a Zoom meeting and just have everybody kind of run back through the things they've recently accomplished, like we're crying, we're so grateful. Like everybody's so deeply connected to not only our own missions, but everybody else's. So when somebody buys the car, pays off the mortgage, does whatever it is, takes a vacation for the first time in forever because their past career they couldn't, like all of those things are so meaningful to everybody on the team because we're cheering each other on in that. And it's like the more one person wins, we all win. And so it's nice because I think everybody feels very deeply connected to not only their own stuff, but they understand what the others are working towards and can cheer them on. So I think clarity is a big thing on that, just kind of having everybody really share what they're working towards. And then when you hear or you see that they had that win, like even that little text or voice memo that comes through, that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did it. I mean, it feels good for everybody. So I think just that constant sharing, again, it's a very mission and purpose driven team, which I love. It's like, you can't go one day without feeling inspired. And if you're having a down day, you can talk to any person on this team. It's like, they pull you back in. You can't not be affected by it. Yeah. And I think that is really unique in that we're all virtual, like you said, mm -hmm. when people are looking, when entrepreneurs are looking to build their team and they want to have a team of fully bought in, motivated, A players, high achievers, um, what are some things they should be looking for? Because obviously you are building a team as well um, and have made several recent hires. So what does that look like for entrepreneurs who say, Hey, I want a team of people that are that motivated, that bought in, that much of an all-star in whatever they're doing now. I want them to come over here and work for me. 
Yeah, I think it's a couple things. And I think when it comes to employee motivation, really understanding what I call like the tangibles and the intangibles. So, you know, even for us, like I always joke, I'm like, should I want a beach house on my vision board? Because everybody on the team has one on their vision board. It's like this collective thing. Um, but it's like, yeah, your team might want to buy a car, pay off a house, get a beach house, whatever it is. Those are the things. But a lot of times it's like, what's behind those? And so you have to do some digging in terms of well, what does this mean to this person? Why does this have meaning to them? And what type of person are they trying to become? So what's really interesting is even when I have my teams go through and do their vision boards, it's like, yeah, I want to accomplish this and this would make me feel this way, or this would be the vehicle to help me give back to this cause. And so there's always kind of an underlying layer to just like the stuff that you could get. And as a manager, it's important to know what the stuff is, but also important to know why does it have meaning to this person? Like, why is that thing? so important that they're number one, sharing it with you and number two, putting it on something like a vision board. So I think number one, just understanding the tangibles and intangibles about really what's driving them. But I think what's really important and what I see a lot of managers get, you know, to be perfectly honest, kind of wrong <laughs> is they're not always tying their employees into the mission and letting their employees be a part of the mission. So I think when you go down this journey and you're like, okay, I've got my people plan, I'm going to start hiring. It's this perspective of, if I brought in this, you know, VA or social seller or whatever it is, that's going to get five to 10 hours off my plate. Oh, thank gosh. Like I'm going to get those five to 10 hours off my plate. I'm so excited. But when you kind of approach it in that way, and that's the only thing you get this churn and burn of taskmasters and there's no connection for them back to the mission. So again, it's like you hire out for these certain skills, you hire out to get this load off your plate, whatever that looks like. But then the conversations of well, why this company and why do you care about this mission? And let me share with you what this mission looks like. It's missing from the equation. And that's how people feel really disengaged at work because they're just doing things to do them. And there's no underlying intangible reason to give it meaning. And I will say, you know, from day one, like I said, I found those old notebooks and was like, oh my gosh, we're doing all these things we mapped out five years ago. I had in my notes from those meetings, like my role in this mission is this. And one day I will have a team and one day I can coach and one day I can do all these things. And like, that was just tying me further into the vision, which made me feel like I had some commitment to it, which made me more excited about it. And so we do that with all of our employees now. But again, if you're just hiring for taskmasters, they're never going to get there because the whole other half of the equation is missing. And that's not going to give you an 18. That's not going to get you people that are fully bought in. It's going to hurt your retention with your employees. Yeah. And I think that's so important when you are looking at these high level people that you want to bring in people who are maybe leaving successful careers or they are leaving a business behind that they grew to a really successful point for them to be able to do that willingly. There needs mm -hmm. to be that sense of room for growth. There needs to be a sense of I'm part of this mission and I own this little piece of it and I can keep moving and I can keep accomplishing my personal goals in, in relation to the company goals. Um, if not, I think that's, that was said so well, if not, you just end up with taskmasters, which by definition are not the top of the top. It's mm -hmm. not percent. They're the people who just come in, do the work and leave. It's that like super employee mentality of just, I am here, I did it, I go home and I live for my life. And that's sort of like this means yeah. to end. So I think that was that's super important when you're hiring is to make sure it's not just how does this benefit me? How does this benefit my company? How, you know, is this going to get more sales for us? But it's how is this mission so big that it encompasses all of these people's goals 
so that they are like, yes, I want that. That's that's hard. What do you feel like, um, how can entrepreneurs that are building these teams make sure that they're communicating that, that they're building that in? How does one even go about doing that? Yes. Yes. Well, honestly, to underline what you just said, it is really hard because especially for entrepreneurs, like your business is your baby. Like you put blood, sweat, tears, hours, like you've hit every up and down and high and low that can probably be possible. I always say entrepreneurship is just the greatest personal development journey. And that's not usually why people are like, I'm going to go on this great personal development journey. They're like, I want to grow a business. Um, but it's like, you have to sometimes unlearn some of the things that got you to level one. I always say it's like the things that got you to the first level are not always the same things that get you to the next. And that's really hard because when you've put so much and you've scraped your way into that level one, you're holding really, really tightly onto things that it feels like, well, if I pass this off, like, will it be done as well? Can it be done better? No, it can't be done better. Like I'm the person who did it for all this time. And so it's quite literally a muscle that you have to build of saying, okay, if I pass this thing off and let them learn and guide them through it, like the world will not burn down. We will get through today and we will see tomorrow, right? And so it is something you have to really train your brain to do. And just remember like this person is going to learn and yeah, that's probably going to be really difficult in the short term, but in the long term, it creates so much more freedom. And I think, especially in the entrepreneurial space, when we talk about team building, the question you have to ask yourself is, well, what type of organization do you want to build? Do you want to be the one man show forever? For most people, they really don't. And so if you're not letting people in, you can't get to that goal. And so it's just this constant reminder, which again, to bring it back to the vision boards, Kelly always says, every dream starts with a whiteboard. If you don't have that on your desk in your workspace every day, when you're doing those trainings and you're like, this would be so much faster if I just did it myself, you're basically stopping yourself short of getting to the point of that organization that you want to get to. So, I mean, I think number one, it's definitely a muscle, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're holding so tightly that like, yes, you're building the muscle, but you also kind of have to relax it a little bit and actually create space because it's the short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain. Yeah, it's definitely a muscle. I've definitely, <laughs> I'm like no one, I've even told Kelly, like I started out as a client. So nope. I like, it was like my second or third call. It's like, I will never hire anybody. To do anything. <laughs> I, said, I will never let anyone write anything. It just seems ridiculous like that. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, we did that with us. Uh, so shout out to Michael on the marketing team. And he's mm-hmm. probably going to hear this and be so embarrassed. But I mean, he came in here earlier this year and I was like, I have to pass off Facebook ads. Like I have been the only person doing these ads and these funnels for so long that I was like, that was really scary. And I was ready. Trust me. I was like, I'm ready to offload these. He's so much smarter than I am. Like, let's get this thing rolling. But there's still that knee jerk of like, oh my gosh, like, will this be okay? And he's done so well with them. And it's so funny now because he coaches with me on Thursdays and it's like clients ask these questions and I'm like, that's a Michael question. And there's so much freedom in that because not only do you get to watch his development, but there's so many better ways that you can support your clients by just constantly having experts and serving your clients with the people doing the things. Because when they have questions about the process, you have up-to-date information from the person who's actually doing it. So it's kind of interesting. It's like, it takes a lot to get to that, Mm -hmm. but when you get there, it's really rewarding. And you can say, okay, thank goodness that I just like unclenched for a quick second, (laughs) you know, and let myself really build this team out. Well, and I think the reason we feel like that is because we are invested. We built that, whatever it is, whether it's within a company or your own business, you built that, right? Like you hustle that to like into existence, right? And 
we have that ownership over it. And we think that magically someone else will get ownership without doing that, without giving them yes. that freedom to do that work. And when you do give them that, when Michael does own ads and he is having to hustle when they shut it down for the 874th time, <laughs> like he now feels invested and has ownership over it. And so the very mm -hmm. thing that we, that makes us so invested in our own businesses or our own roles in the company is the exact thing our people need to feel invested in their role. And it's so funny that we're like, no, nobody can do no. it. Or They're like an assumption of like, they won't get it and they can't get it unless you share with them. Like, this is what we're striving towards. Is this exciting for you? Okay, great. What part do you want to own? Like, how can I help you become that person tied to this mission? And it's like, that conversation's missing so much for people. Yeah, and I definitely feel like within Team Unstoppable, it's there. I think that's why the retention of A players is so significant. I think it's why the attraction of A players is so significant. They can see the role and the ownership within the company. Um, but I did want to ask you, because you know all the goods, all the, all the <laughs> juicy stuff. Um, what do you think some things, like what would be some surprising things either about working with Kelly or being on Team Unstoppable behind the scenes um, for those kind of maybe watching the audience or clients? Um, what might people be surprised to know? I just, I always laugh. I'm like, some of us are just like the biggest dorks in the world on this team. Like, I was like on sales call today and I'm like, guys, I can't get my zoom working. The live video is not working. My hair's still wet. Like there are just moments where it's like, no one knows how to do it. We're like texting out. I'm like, why isn't this Amazon link working? My team is like, are you serious? Like you can't figure these things out. So it's so funny because when we do like the live launch workshop and Kelly says like, we're really not all that techie. Like I promise you. And people are like, no, it's a live video. There must be so much tech behind the scenes. And I'm like, guys, I have an iPhone six. Like, we're not crazy techie over here. We have techie people for that, thank the Lord. But like a lot of times we're just like, how does this work? How do we get this set up? Can someone fix that over there? Um, but we make it happen and we say imperfect action. It's very much imperfect action. But I always say for what we put on it is with minimal tech because a lot of us are not, <laughs> not wrapping our hands around most of those things. And that is not a lie about Kelly. Not being yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Very often. What was, I think Shireen had to show her how to like do a boomerang or something like that. Something. Very oh yeah. Cool. The boomerangs. It's like saving the IG lives. Like guys, we don't know. <laughs> yes. It's a hot mess of non-techiness. The imperfect action is a hundred percent real. Like that is absolutely um, there. But I also think that on the other side of that, which I think is surprising is there's like constant refining. So it's not just like throw it out there and like see, it is sort of like, let's throw it out there. Let's see, let's be wise about how we throw it out there. But then there's like a, okay, how do we make it better? So we threw it out there and we did the imperfect action. We took the, the steps, but how are we tracking it? How did it work? Did it not work? Do we need to just scrap it? Can we save it? Can we make it better? Was it amazing? And we can just leverage this. So I think that's sort of missing. And, and I think the, um, I don't know, intentionality behind the imperfect action is very smart and strategic, even though the action might be quick. Does that make yeah. sense? I think that's surprising. It does. And I think we see a lot of like, I'm planning to plan. And on that weekend and that day, I think I'm going to plan and I'm thinking about doing this and then I'm going to plan for that. And it's like this just loop of like thinking and planning and thinking and planning and that really cuts people short because all of a sudden it's six months from now and that one little idea, it hasn't happened. 
And I think that's really hard. And that's not to like shame people or make them feel bad about that. Like when you're the business owner, you're like the person, right? There's no boss you can go to, to ask about it. There's no like sounding board. There's not like a board of directors in your living room. Like, and here's how we think you should do the thing. Like, you're like, I'm going to do this thing. And holy crap, that's really scary. And that stops people from taking imperfect action because we connect imperfect action or the idea of taking something that we haven't spent five different years planning. It's like, the only way this can go is bad. And oftentimes it really won't. And it's kind of interesting because even today in the age of social media, like, I mean, live video has been with us for what, like three years now or something like that. And that still is such a scary thing for people, but it's like, what's the worst that could truly happen, right? You maybe slip on a word, you know, your cat runs by in the background. Listen, at the time we're recording this, everybody's stuck at home. Everybody's cats are running around the background. Everyone's kids are running around, right? There's no perfect way of doing it, but unless you're showing up to do the things, nobody can see you to find you. And so again, it's just this planning to plan. I always say like Kelly has an allergy to planning to plan, I swear, because it's like, we'll talk about one thing and then we'll be on our next meeting and she'll be like, Hey, where are we at with that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I sent that email. I, I meant to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And now it's like a knee jerk reaction that I think ripples down through our team where it's like, we do what we say we're going to do. Like we take action right away. And also just recognizing like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Your very first live video. Yeah, it'll probably be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's probably going to be like two minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. And getting the team buy-in, I think what I realized that's so critical. It's not just everybody's ideas heard and people felt seen. It's like, okay, that was an idea. Like, let's do it. And, and for a team member to see like, oh, I said something and now like an action has been taken mm -hmm. and maybe it's not exact idea. Maybe it's a variation of your idea. Obviously everything is in line with like a strategy and very, you know, well thought out, but for an employee to see that they are affecting action in the company, that creates a level of buy-in and ownership that you can't when you're just like, oh yeah, I remember that idea you gave us like eight months ago that we're still thinking about. And then the employee's like, whatever, I don't even care about exactly. that anymore. I think that creates a level of buy-in as well is, mm -hmm. is, no, you had an idea. I value it. Here's how we're going to tweak it. And then we're going to go do it. And for people to see that they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, you know, it's not something that happens in a lot of companies. So I think when you're the, the CEO, you need to think about how are you giving life to the ideas of your people and how mm -hmm. are you pulling in, you know, obviously not crazily or recklessly, but we're going rogue. <laughs> no, we're not going, we're just going to like, pull in these things that are in alignment. And then that just, I feel like breeds even more of that within the, within the team. Do you agree? What thoughts on that? Cause you've seen that play out in so many ways. Yes. And I will say too, it's like when you're building this team, like your whole goal should be hiring people that are much smarter than you to be perfectly honest. Because again, it's like, what type of organization do you want to build? If you cap yourself with what you have here and now that will get you to one level, it will not skyrocket you past that. So it's like if you're holding so tightly and no one's allowed to give ideas or even just like system ideas, right? Like I think of Kyrie, who I know we're interviewing as well. Like she's so good at like process and systems and flow. And so what you build is, okay, we have an idea that started over here. And then all your really sharp systems, people are like, oh yeah, well, we can do it this way. And how about we do it this? And I know people need this, so let's plug it here. And all of a sudden you've got this really comprehensive thing, whether it's a campaign or a client activity or something like that. But if you don't let it go through the full life cycle of your employees who have really brilliant ideas to add to it, to make it better, again, you stop yourself short, you know, and it keeps them from feeling fully committed too, just like you said. 
I think that it's hard to, in the online space, specifically in the entrepreneur world, to build a team of high performers. When you look at Team Unstoppable, it seems like everybody's a little bit superhuman. It's like, where do these people come from? Why are they so happy? What's wrong? Um, <laughs> how, what advice would you give someone? Because you have literally watched this team be built, like from you in Starbucks. So what advice would you give entrepreneurs who look at a team like Team Unstoppable and say, I want that kind of team. I want people with that kind of energy, that kind of expertise, that, that willingness to show up. What advice could you give them? I think again, it's like, bring it back to home base, right? Like what are your values and what are your convictions that you hold so strongly? Because if you can't showcase that in your marketing, you will get people who are like, for example, for us, it's like, well, business coaching sounds cool versus people that are like, I want to be in that company because I'm watching that rocket ship take off and I'm seeing what they're doing and I'm seeing the long-term effects of that. I want to be a part of that. And so what you want to think about is it's not just working somewhere, it's being a part of somewhere. So when you're putting out a job description or you're going live to talk about what you're hiring for, like if you're not bringing out the convictions behind what you do and your why, it, it becomes kind of this surface level thing. And I say it's like a warm body job, right? Let's get a warm body in here. Like we just need someone to do the task versus people that are looking for that personal mission, that buy-in. And I think what's really interesting too is like, I think everybody wants at some level and they phrase it in different ways, but to reach your greatest human potential. And if you're in search of that, you're not just looking for a job, right? You are looking for a career. You want someone who's in the interview. Who's like, what do you want out of a lifetime career? What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And what are you trying to build? And why is our mission look so attractive to you? And it's like, you have to go one level deeper. But again, as the business owner, if you're not showing up with that conviction marketing, you're not showing up by sharing the mission people don't have anything to like latch onto to really understand like this, this, this is it for me. This is where I have to be if I'm going to reach my greatest potential. Yeah. I think that's so important to you because I think when you're hiring, you're like, okay, I need someone with this skill set, right? I need somebody who can make this video or do this podcast editing. And when you hire that way, you get someone who can do the podcast or do the video. Yep. So what sorts of things do you think people should be looking for as they're hiring that that adds to a culture like the one of Team Unstoppable? Mm, I always say like, try and find the why behind all of the things. So when you say, and you get like a resume or something like that, and you're like, oh, I saw you worked for this magazine or this agency or whatever it was, what initially drew you to that company? And what was your greatest growth as an employee there? And also like, what, what did you feel like wasn't there for you to catapult you even further? So it's like, you just have to get really good at asking people about their why as well. And what you're looking for in those answers is they're very thoughtful and very intentional. And it's not just like, oh, I don't know. I just like kind of got bored of it, you know? And you're like, wait, was, there's nothing else there. Like I need to see something else. And you want people that are like, listen, I was attracted to that role because of X, Y, and Z. And while I was there, I felt like I grew in these skills, but I really want to go this direction. And that organization doesn't necessarily have that in place for me. So it's time to move on. Right. And there's this very like deeply intentional phrasing behind that of like, I'm trying to become this. This is the type of person I want to be. This is where I feel like I can hone my skill set and where I still have opportunity to learn. And admitting that to you is not a bad thing because it means that they have a lot of clarity on who they're wanting to become and how they can best be served in an organization and how they can serve best in an organization. 
Yeah, I think that is definitely a piece that's missing and definitely probably the secret a secret ingredient to building a team of A players like we've got here. Um, you've obviously also seen all the ups and downs, all the all the big stumbles and all <laughs> of the recoveries. Um, when you look back over all of the all of that, what has been your favorite part of being part of Team Unstoppable? Oh my gosh, so many. And I'm actually going to, I'm thinking about the stumbles because I just was coaching in our Legacy Leaders Bootcamp over the last two days. And it was such a small question, but it stuck with me so much this week. But we had a younger social seller who works with one of our clients who said, you know, social selling, it's like you deal with so many different people. Like, how do you know when you quote made it and when you kind of like really absorbed what you need to absorb and learn? And I was like, you know, the big thing with that is that you all of a sudden respond, not react. So for social selling, for example, like when I came in, I was terrified of sales and I was doing sales and I was literally petrified. Um, but you go from this place of like, you got to know, and it feels really emotional and it feels like terrible the first time. And then a couple of weeks down the line, something happens and you're like, okay, on to the next or, all right, we'll fix that up. We'll keep moving. And it becomes less of an emotional reaction to something and more of a strategy and a response so I think if I can nail down super tactically, like that has been a big learning for me. And I see that so much in newer team members, like as you come across your first hurdle, like that in the moment is so, so hard, but then you start to rise up and it becomes that respond, not react situation. So I think that's been a huge, huge learning for me. And I think a lot of people on Team Unstoppable would say the same. And we get that from Kelly, right? She's very clear of like, this is what we're working on. It's not going to be easy. We're going into uncharted territory. So we're going to learn as we go and that's going to have to be okay. Um, but I think the mindset behind that is really, really powerful, especially in business where business is so personal. So it's like, there is always that emotional aspect to it, but also the ability to say, okay, where do we go from here? Like, what does this mean for me? And what do I have to take from this to get to the next level? And I think that's so important. Yeah. And I think that as a leader, and you've obviously had to deal with this as a leader in the company, it's maybe hard to walk people through that season when they're maybe losing their junk and you're like, okay, we're going to learn to be <laughs> responsive and not reactive. Um, I know definitely teaching in the classroom, you know, this happened all the time with kids and, and you'd have to like walk them through this whole big long process. How do leaders kind of hang in there with people when you know, like, okay, you were, you started there and it was such a struggle. And now you're at this point where it's so clear and it's so, you know, responsive and not reactive. How do leaders hang in there for that? I think it's just really recognizing that you're going to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, and you're going to fall down and scrape your knees many times in that. Um, but again, I always bring it back to the vision boards and just reconnecting very deeply to your why. And I know that sounds sometimes very surface level because everybody says mindset and mindset is the thing. But if you're not actually taking daily steps to do that, like it will take you much longer to get there. And I think for me, when I started really working on mindset and perspective and all these things in business, I was like, do I have to meditate for three hours per day? Do I need to go to a silent retreat? Like, do I have to take on all these big things? And it was like, Hey, if you took five minutes today to like spin your chair around over to your vision board and be like, okay, are my actions aligning with my outcomes and hold yourself accountable? Sometimes those little five minute blocks can make all the difference. Just bring you back on track when you need it. Right. So a lot of times what I tell people is it's lateral shifts to get you to that point, because then when you build a team, you're just going to download you know, your brain and that muscle into them and give them actually the hope and confidence that when they come across those hurdles, yeah, it's really hard in the moment, but oh my gosh, I've seen my manager, my leader, my mentor, whatever it is, 
they've also done it and they're sharing it and they're sharing those little things that really make the difference for them when that happens. Now I feel like I have a tool belt and I feel like I have a little bit more control over the outcome. That I think gives a lot more calm and confidence to employees because they don't feel like they're out there without a paddle. That's really insightful, I think, to make sure your employees understand that you're in it with them. I feel like that's definitely like from leadership um, that trickles down through every level of the company. Um, and then for you, what do you feel like you've been with Kelly since the beginning? So I promise this is the last question. But um, <laughs> when you think you and you were young, you were young when you started working with her super like in that developmental of like who you're becoming and what you're going into. Um, what do you feel like is the biggest lesson you've learned working with Kelly? Hmm. I can only pick one. <laughs> You could pick a couple-ish related all in one little mixture. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me was I always have to look at like what, so like I said, when I was young, I was such a hard worker and I still am, but I would like work myself to exhaustion because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Like there's so much honor in this and I'm just like doing all these things and look at me. And I had to get to a point where I was like, you know, I was in a new career. I was, like I said, doing sales, for example, for the first time. Like I was like on LinkedIn, these CEOs did not want to talk to me. They were like, who is this young person? You know, but for me, it was really like, I had to undo this love of like being so busy and being such a hard worker into, you can have mastery and freedom and you can work really hard, but you don't have to like overwork yourself for that. You don't have to drive yourself into the ground to do that. But that was really hard because I had always had this perspective of like, I'm the hardest worker in the room. Like, look at me. This is so awesome. Like I'm doing all the things. And that wasn't, that worked for a little bit. That wasn't going to work long-term. And I'm thankful that I learned that at such a young age because the second that I made that shift, I mean, my career took off. It was like, all of a sudden I like was going from zero sales to all these sales. And I was closing a sale a week from LinkedIn. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it wasn't a strategy necessarily. That definitely helped. But I had to change my mindset into how do I get mastery versus just working harder because that's not working for me. And that was a huge perspective change that I had to make personally. And I'm hoping that that resonates with a lot of entrepreneurs because it feels like there's a lot of glory and hard work, but there's a lot of glory in mastery so that you don't have to drive yourself into the ground. Yeah. And I think that's a really careful distinction. I actually never heard anybody really talk about that until Kelly, she was actually a guest on a podcast and I didn't know her at all. I mean, this is before <laughs> a client and she was talking about this idea of mastery and how, um, and how that plays out. And I, you know, as I used to coach gymnastics and, um, you know, if a kid practices something wrong 300 times, they're never going to do it. They're working hard. They're, they're doing exactly. it. They're doing the work. They're showing up, they're doing it, but they're still not going to get the high scores because they're doing it wrong. And so it's that, um, correction going back. And I feel like, you know, uh, on team unstoppable at every level and there's, you know, managers in each place and people checking, but it's that development of the right skills and mastering the right things so that the goal is actually accomplished. It's not just work for the sake of work. Yeah. And you have to arm yourself, right? Like you have to build support around you. you. Like I have gone through the, gosh, the UE membership site, like 5 million times by now, but it was the same thing. I was like, something's not connecting for me. I'm basically like a business within the business. That's how I've always looked at it. And I was like, maybe I'll go do the mindset module. Right. And I remember there was like a money mindset training that just like totally flipped my life around. And I was like, wait, I have everything I need around me, but I am pushing so hard and making it harder for myself versus leaning in and saying, I have support. 
there are resources out there to help me develop mastery so I don't have to push so hard to get what I need. And so I think sometimes, again, with entrepreneurs, it's like your business is your baby. Like it feels good to be busy sometimes, but you really have to step back and say, like, is there a means to an end here? You know, and how do I develop mastery and how do I surround myself with people who also want that for me? And so I was really lucky that my direct mentor was really helpful and instrumental in that. Um, but if you don't have that in your life, again, it's worth doing a little bit of a self audit and saying, am I in pursuit of mastery in my business or am I just working to work? And I think there's a really big distinction in that. And if you're in that second camp, you know, sometimes you've got to make a change to get where you want to be. Yeah. And then obviously like transferring that back down to your people, especially yes. the new ones that are coming in and they're learning the tactical skills, like really getting in there and saying like, here's where it matters. You know, here's where we're trying to develop mastery. And these are sort of secondary, but this is what's important. I think that's so important. Um, all right, Stephanie, anything else you have, any other advice you have for entrepreneurs before we head on out of here? Yes. Well, a couple of things. If you haven't read bigger than you get on it, if this whole team leadership, employee motivation interests you, grab your copy. It's on Amazon. I keep it on my desk. I flip through it every week. I swear to you, I could recite these books by memory for now but there's always something new that you're going to get out of it. And leadership truly is a journey. So embrace that learning and let yourself learn these things every single week. And again, respond, not react underlying theme. <laughs> yes, for sure. And Stephanie is all over. She's inside of UE. She is in tribe of unstoppable. She does um, UE TV every week. So if you aren't a member of the tribe of unstoppables, go ahead and join us because she will be in there often training you. And really she has done every single role in the company. So she literally knows all the things. Um, so you can find her in tribe. You can find her in the unstoppable entrepreneur program. She's training legacy leaders and all the things. So uh, thanks so much for joining me today, Steph. Yes, I could talk to you all day. I'm sure we'll text very soon. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Unstoppable Entrepreneur, and I wanna remind you that this month is dedicated to helping you build a profit warrior team. All you have to do to get started in the three-part masterclass series is go to www.kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash masterclass. We wanna help you to build, grow, and scale your dream business without compromising your quality of life. And that means having a dream team behind you ready to build your business.